Discover the ins and outs of the oil and gas industry right now with Roy Holly and Kim Bolato in the Oil Patch on News Talk 550 KTSA. Brought to you by Shale Magazine and Steer. Hi, everybody. I'm Roy Holly, and welcome to In the Oil Patch. It's a show presented by Steer, and my guest this evening, or my guest today, will be Kim Bellato, uh, the CEO and publisher of Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine, and David Blackman. David's going to be on the phone with us here in just a minute. But first, let's go to Kim Bellato, and let's talk about the Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. Kim, welcome to the show. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you so much. You're looking. This is uh, this is radio. It's not television. But Kim is looking ravishing today. You always look so good. It's too bad it's not TV. <laughs> Thank you so much. Now listen, we we were all at the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo together, doing a bunch of stuff out there. How did you like that? I loved it. We had some of the best weather, and typically our rodeo season is not the best weather. They're going to want you to come out there more often if you brought good weather with them. I think I did. We had fabulous weather and uh, was able to hang around there for a good while and visit with some friends. I actually ran into one of the presidents that is on our cover. He has He's from Houston. He came to the San Antonio Stock Show Rodeo and brought his wonderful family, and I was able to, to touch base and meet them. So you had a good time? I had a fabulous time. Well, we're going to try to get you in a little bit with some of the uh, activities next year and some of the committees, and we'll be talking more about that. I'm and so maybe, excited about that. Maybe have some of those people on our show down the road. Most definitely. Well, it's called Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. Now, for the folks that are listening in and joining us uh, tonight, tell us a brief history of your magazine and what is it that you try to accomplish with that magazine. Well, the magazine has always been a dream for me for like the last three years to really help the community and business leaders, elected official, really have open dialogue on what's happening in our backyard with Shell Plays. And there's so much information. It's a very large and complicated industry. And the one thing I wanted to try to do was streamline it to where people who necessarily were not working in oil and gas could have a better understanding of it. And then also for businesses who had the desire to get engaged with oil and gas and try to build their business, they would have those opportunities as well. So your magazine is a great uh, meeting place for everybody to come together. So if you advertise in there, you've got articles in there, no matter what angle you are with the oil and gas industry, it's a great come-together place. Most definitely. Not to mention... We could just go so far beyond what a magazine does. We do mixers that we hold uh, in and appreciation. And those are fun, I understand. <laughs> they're great Because I know fun. every time you come back, you're always smiling. So oh, yes. Say? We have, you know, they're, they're just wonderful networking events, and we celebrate whoever's on our cover. We also do mixers throughout the year. We do educational format that actually looks and sees what is the need in the community, and we'll put something on to help educate the community. And our most recent project and one that I'm, is near and dear to my heart is this radio show um, in the oil patch to continue to have open dialogue and discussion on what's happening and how is this benefiting the people of Texas. Now, speaking of in the oil patch, we've been coming, I think this will be, what, our third, almost second, two and a half months. How many months, weeks is it? I think two and a half. Yeah, somewhere around there. about right. And so we're getting started, getting our steam going and everything, and it's, I think you're starting to feel a little we're more comfortable. We're getting our groove. You're yeah. kind of like you do this for a living now. That's huh? you're, right. You're owning it. I own it. All right. <laughs> All right, we've got a special treat now that we've uh, that you've come up with, and we're going to give you a chance to win a one hundred and twenty five dollar gift certificate at a very fancy steakhouse. 
Kim, tell us a little bit about the restaurant and uh, about the price, and then we're going to give people a phone number out that they can call and be the 10th caller. And we'll mention this a couple of times throughout the show, so they may be able to win themselves a $125 gift certificate. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the Palm Restaurant has been a really great friend and partner to Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine. John is the manager at the downtown location. Hi, John. <laughs> and so he has just really embraced Shell Magazine. Um, we have our magazines there on location. It does get a lot of visits from oil and gas executives and people that are in town for trainings and whatever is going on in so the city. So it's possible you may see some very well-known people there. I think so, of course, yes. So it's a great restaurant, very, very nice. And if you are listening right now and you would like to go to the Palm Restaurant there on Houston Street, right across from Majestic, call 210-240-7188, 210-240-7188, be the 10th caller. Now, we were talking with some friends of ours, and it's quite possible we may make this a little more difficult to win these things here in the future. So we may have contests, trivia contests, and all this. So they're going to be fun. But right now, it's simply be the 10th caller That's at right. 210-240-7188, and you can get a $125 gift certificate. Just be the 10th caller. That's right. Uh, one of the things that they're known for is not just having absolutely fabulous steaks, but also, they have the largest lobsters I've ever seen in my life. They have lobster specials sometimes, yeah. two for one, and a big, big fellas. So if you're wanting a humongous lobster, the Palm Restaurant is the place to go. Well, just have a lobster fest and get about a 15-pound lobster and invite about 20 of your friends and get after it. <laughs> what a deal. Exactly. Well, let's move on to our guest. We have a, a special guest with us uh, today, David Blackman. David, welcome to our show. How are you today? Well, I'm hungry after listening about <laughs> the palm. Uh, that all sounds great. I think uh, David David makes his he live, makes his home in Houston. David, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and how did you get into what you do now? Because I know there's a long journey there, but everything usually that happens in my life is for a reason. And so you've I'm sure had things in your life that have happened that have led you to where you're at, and also maybe share with us your inspiration for the work you do. Sure, yeah. I Well, I grew up in Beeville, down south of San Antonio. Uh, lived there uh, throughout my childhood. And our family has a little ranch in Goliad County where uh, we, we've always had sporadic oil and gas activity, never anything big, unfortunately. But So I was always interested in it and got my accounting degree in uh, 1979 and uh, was lucky enough to get a job with Coastal States in Houston my first job in the industry, and I've been in the industry for almost 36 years now. So you've been around for a while. A long time, yes, sir. And I just thought you were 25 years old. <laughs> oh, I wish I was. <laughs> been a long, strange trip. So I've been around a long time and seen a lot of these ups and downs and oil prices, and it never ceases to be interesting in the oil and gas industry. Here's Kim Bellato, who's our CEO and publisher of Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. Kim? Well, you know, David, I'm glad that you are on the show today because you have been through the ups and the downs and have a lifelong experience of what is happening right now. And our listeners, you know, really, I think we all want to try to get a better understanding of what's happening. And so we do look to individuals that have had a past history. And while it might be a little different, I think it's a case study we can look at and certainly 
figure out if, if we're going to go, you know, when do gas prices come back? So can you kind of tell us what do you think the biggest issues are that are facing oil and gas right now in the Texas legislature this year? Oh, it's, it's an interesting session. You know, they're, they're in a different spot right now than they have been in the, the last few sessions because, I mean, largely thanks to the oil and gas industry's uh, amazing amount of activity the last four or five years, we now have a very significant budget surplus in the state of Texas where in previous sessions they've had to try to cut spending and close deficits. So it's a, a different situation for the members. Uh, where the industry is concerned, you know, we, we've got several things we're looking at in, in this session. The biggest one is the issue of local control and where do you actually regulate the oil and gas industry. That's become a, a controversial topic because of the vote that was taken in Denton right. last November uh, in which the voters there essentially banned hydraulic fracturing uh, within the city limits. and. The problem that presents for the industry is very significant because you have 1,200 home rule cities in the state of Texas, and it would be uh, pretty much impossible for, for the oil and gas industry to have to try to comply with hundreds of different sets of regulations in a single state. You know, we've always been regulated at the state level. and So there's several proposals uh, in the legislature this year that would, you know, restore the uh, ability of the state to regulate the industry, the primacy of the state. At least uh, on downhole issues like hydraulic fracturing, the cities have always had the ability to regulate things like noise and traffic, those kinds of considerations, and I don't think anyone wants to limit their ability to do that. Right, but, uh, it'll stay the same. Right. So that's a big issue. Taxes uh, are looking like they're going to be an issue because there's a lot of proposals to modify the state's franchise, the business franchise tax, which, you know, uh, all oil and gas companies that are either partnerships or corporations are subject to. And so everybody's taking a look at that as well. And, you know, we're kind of waiting to see what else is going to come up in the session. It's still kind of early in the filing deadlines, uh, not until the end of next week. So. There, I'm sure there will be a lot more come up in, in the next seven days before it's all over. Well, hopefully, since our readers, hopefully our readers um, in Shell Magazine are also businesses as well, we do have a, a vested interest in is how is this going to affect the businesses as well. So we look forward to you continuing to write, since you're a writer, a contributor for the magazine, to keep us abreast of what's happening and hopefully bringing you back on the show if we have some updates I'm going to move on into the national perspective. Are there any big issues about, or any big issues that are coming down on industry coming out of Washington that you see? You know, the thing about Washington is we, we've had this situation for the last several years now where we have a president from one party and a Congress from a different party. Uh, the Republicans have held the majority in the House for the last three cycles, and, and now they also have a majority in the Senate for the next two years. So we're going to see a lot of things like we saw with Keystone uh, XL Pipeline here over the last couple of months in which uh, Congress will pass bills and send them to the president's desk, and he will veto them. And, and, and I think that's what we're going to be seeing from a legislative standpoint for the next couple of years. The big concerns for the industry coming out of Washington are regulatory mainly from the Environmental Protection Agency. We have we have a uh, proposed regulation called the Waters of the United States Clean Water Act regulation 
coming from the EPA in which they're proposing to regulate not just all the navigable waters of the United States, which the Act itself gives EPA authority to do, but now this proposal would allow them to regulate any ditch or stream or creek or, or intermittent pond that ultimately has causes water to flow into a navigable waterway. So that would be a gigantic expansion of, of EPA's regulatory authority over water and, you know, would result in a lot of new regulatory overhead over our entire economy, not just the oil and gas industry. And The big one for the city of San Antonio is the proposed ozone standards in which the EPA is proposing to go from their, their current ozone standard of no more than 75 parts per billion to down to either 60 or 65. And, right. uh, you know, that will, if they go to 60, pretty much the entire state of Texas will then be in a non-attainment situation, not just big cities like San Antonio. Um, at 65, uh, you would have pretty much any part of the state east of Interstate 35 would be in non-attainment, and then most of the populated areas west of I-35 would also become in non-attainment. So that, when you go into non-attainment status, as, as the, you know, the city leaders in San Antonio have known for many years, it creates uh, all sorts of, of economic disruptions within your, within your local economies and city governments. So that is a, probably uh, the biggest potential regulatory action that even bigger than the Water Act regulation uh, in terms of the kind of costs it would have to all industries, not just oil and gas, and, and the economy in general. So those are the big things that uh, we're really watching and, and trying to work to mitigate here coming out of Washington. David, we're going to do our uh, identification here right now. You're listening to In the Oil Patch, presented by Steer. Also, uh, CEO and publisher and shale oil and gas business, uh, CEO manager, Kim Bellato is with us, uh, this, this evening. And, uh, we appreciate you listening in. And by the way, that phone number again, if you'd like to win, uh, that $125 gift certificate from the Palm Restaurant on Houston Street in San Antonio is 210-240-7188, 210-240-7188. Seven one eight eight, and we'll be giving you that phone number a couple of more times uh, before the broadcast ends. Kim, well, David, in the most recent issue of Shell Magazine, you wrote that the outlook for future of oil and gas is anyone's guess. So, would you care to share any further guesses with our audience now? Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, going to be an ongoing topic of discussion for. Quite a while to come, I think. I, you know, the the most predictable thing about oil prices is that no one can predict them, and that's that's frankly always been the case. No one uh, honestly predicted the collapse in the oil price that we've seen over the last six months, and you know, nobody really can predict true. what's going to be six months from now. It's you know, I, I think what we have to hope is that it looks like it's stabilized over the last several weeks at a much lower level than it was at. And I, I think what we have to hope is that that, that we've hit a floor and uh, are on a uh, some steady progress back to a more healthy price level. I, I 
I don't see anyone predicting that we're uh, going to get back to $100 oil anytime soon. And, uh, you know, companies are continuing to deactivate rigs. The rig count is going down. The rig count, in fact, was uh, put out by Baker Hughes yesterday, and uh, we're just below 1,000 oil rigs that are active in the United States now. We're, uh, last October, they were 1,600. So we're down about 40% from last October in terms of active rigs drilling wells, and, you know, most people think it's probably going to uh, go down about another 40% from where we are now and end up around six to 700 at some point this summer. The, the, the thing, again, you know, my outlook really hasn't changed from where it was when I wrote that article, which was, you know, about mid-January. I, I remain kind of optimistic that we're going to see a pretty rapid supply response once uh, the rig count gets down, you know, a few hundred more rigs because the shale plays like the Eagle Four in the Permian Basin, uh, the Wolf Bearing Wolf Camp out in the Permian, have uh, very significant decline rates. You know, whereas in the mid-80s when we had a three, four, or five-year-long depression in the oil price, all those wells were long-term conventional wells with very low decline rates that were being drilled at that time. Uh, and the shale wells, you know, are, are well over half the wells being drilled now. In fact, I think more like more than three-quarters of the wells being drilled in recent years. And, you know, when you take all these rigs out of production, you have to drill a, a number of wells a certain number of wells in a given play like the Eagle Ford Shale just to keep production steady. And once you get below that critical mass of rigs running to drill enough wells, the the, the, the overall production is going to fall pretty rapidly. What we don't know is once production begins to fall in the United States and the, the price begins to start to move up, what we don't know and nobody can know is what the Saudis will do because the Saudis are the country out there that they have a very significant amount of capacity that's not currently on the market. So they could, if they chose to, if they want to leave the price at a lower level, they could begin to increase their own production in response to falling production in the United States. They could sustain that for a while if they want to, not not for an indefinite period, but, you know, for a year or so. And no one knows what they'll do in that circumstance. So, you know, I I, I think, you know, we can hope that uh, we'll be at a more healthy price uh, later in the third quarter, fourth quarter of this year, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it until I see <laughs> what the Saudis do. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think... As a as a result of the lower gas prices, the business community too, I think, is is really starting to perk up and understand how really interconnected businesses are to oil and gas, and how this downturn does affect even them as well. And so, I think we are all in the, in the same area of saying we really hope that the gas prices return and um, or start moving upward. We've hit the bottom and continue to move up. Another thing, though, that I wanted to really get into was the young people of today. So what would you say to young people who have obtained training or education specifically in the oil and gas industry but now find themselves, you know, without a job or that it's becoming scarce in the lower price environment? 
Well, I guess, uh, you know, that's a great question, you know, and, and it's a big concern that I have because, you know, what happened to us in, in, in the 80s to the industry was when we did have a very long-term downfall in the price of oil is that we missed an entire generation of young people in terms of getting in, into our organizations. And that is, it still has an impact on our industry today because we have a lot of old guys like me in our company and then, you know, down to the age of about 55 and then you have hardly anybody in our companies, a very low number of people between the ages of 35 and 55. But then over the last 12 to 14 years, we, we again began bringing in a lot of young people. So then you have a lot of folks 35 and under, and we have that 20-year gap. And I, I, I think we all need to be concerned in our industry that we don't have a similar kind of thing happen in this low-price environment. And I, I think the message to young people is don't give up on the industry. This is most likely a very short-term fallout in terms of the price and in terms of companies, you know, not hiring as many people as, as they were, and, and that here, you know, in the very near future, in the next year or two, uh, it's going to pick up again. And when it does pick up, it's going to come back very quickly. It's not something that's going to be depressed for a decade like it was from the mid-'80s to the mid-'90s. One of, one of my favorite, well, not favorite, but one of the most compelling statistics I've ever heard about what happened to the oil industry during that period of time, that earlier period of time, was that everybody quit. Nobody was majoring in petroleum engineering for a long time. There was one year in the mid-'90s, I think it was 1996, in which the number of petroleum engineers that were obtained degrees in the United States in the entire country was something like 268 in a, in a full year. Wow. In the whole country. Wow. So, you know, t- University of Texas and Texas A&M produce more petroleum engineers than that every year now just by themselves. And, and there are petroleum engineering schools all over the country now. So it, it's changed completely. And, and I think, you know, the message I would give to young people is this is still a very vibrant industry. It's going to continue to be. It's going to continue to be a great place to have a career. David? Thank you very much for being with us today. We appreciate it. You and uh, we, we, we wish you best of luck in the legislature and everything coming up here in the state of Texas. Thanks and, very much. And in the Congress. <laughs> yeah, we need all the luck we can get up in Washington. That's true. And thank you so very much for your continued content that you provide to Shell. One of the things you do very well is help break it down to people that are outside of the industry to help understand how this works, this really complicated industry called energy. So I appreciate you being a guest. I appreciate your commitment to Shell Magazine as well of providing this content. And thank you so much for being a guest on our show. Thank you. Thank you, David. That's David Blackman, ladies and gentlemen. And you've been listening to In the Oil Patch, a program that's presented by Steer. And uh, we want to mention one more time our little giveaway here, a $125 gift certificate at a very, very, very nice restaurant. Did I say very? Very. <laughs> very nice restaurant on Houston Street right across from the Majestic Theater in downtown San Antonio. And if you'd like to be the 10th caller, call 210-240-7188, 210 
240-7188. And if you're the 10th caller, Miss Kim here will be glad to send you a $125 gift certificate so you can take your very favorite person down there and have dinner or lunch or whatever. And Kim, share a few more things about uh, the Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine maybe that's coming up. Well, we just uh, released our uh, recent issue. Our cover is the Wood Group. It's an international company. They actually are very unique. They have two presidents, so they're called co-presidents, and they're actually equal presidents. And uh, that was a, a really neat story. They're a neat company. We're really excited about this issue, and we'll be also partnering uh, with the Corpus Christi Ice Race. Uh, well, that's a great, great project. We want to do more about that. That sounds like a great experience. Oh, we're so excited. We're going to do a pre-mixer game on March 13th. Mm-hmm. And uh, for more information, they can go to our website. It's shellmag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com. Mm-hmm. Or they can email us or call us, and we can get some we can give them information on how to attend the mixer. And also, if they're interested in advertising in the Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine, they can do that as well by going to shalemag.com. That's right. And also about this radio show. That's right. right. All right. So, All right. Go ahead. We look forward to, I just want to close with just saying how we've received so many emails on this radio show, and we're really grateful for everyone listening in every week and participating with Shell Magazine and the Oil Patch Show. That about does it for our show in the oil patch, uh, presented by Steer and Kim Bellato, CEO and publisher in Sh- of Shale Oil and Gas Magazine, my co-host of the show. Nice to see you again. As always, you're looking lovely, and thanks for being here uh, this week on the In the Oil Patch show. Thank you. I'm Roy Holly. Have a good week. So long. You've been listening to In the Oil Patch with Roy Holly and Kim Bellato. Heard Saturday nights from 10 to 10.30 p.m. on News Talk 550 KTSA. Brought to you by Shale Magazine and Steer.